keep it 100 with Dakota and Chorsi. I don't know where I was going with this. I was going to make it sound like an infomercial, and I forgot how every single infomercial sounds like. This is your host, Dakota, along with the other host, who's not going to fucking speak up. <laughs> no, Chorsi, just I... stay quiet and then get this bit up. No, no, Chorsi, I don't want to hear you right now. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about our passions and why we're kind of... No, we're talking about passion you know, fruit. Oh, today we're talking about passion fruit yeah. and other fruits that you can use for sex. What? Chorsi, That's grapefruit. What's the fastest you've ever come? Dakota, stop asking this question. <laughs> Why do you continue to ask me this question? Why? <laughs> I think that was a great intro. <laughs> Why do you I continue to ask really me good. this question? I think that was really good. Why do you continue to ask this to me? Minus five seconds. Why are you talking <laughs> It was the morning after. Somebody went down there. And then it was over as soon as it started. And that's as much I'm going to say. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Team 100 with us. Um, <laughs> your best buddies to come to Oh, God, I'm uh, dying. Of course, himself to say thank you again to those of you who've uh, subscribed to our Patreon. Those of you who haven't, the links are on all of our social media. Oh. If you would love uh, intros or want to write an intro for me to say, any voice, go ahead and put it in there. Uh, but, Jersey, how you doing, sir? I'm concerned that you came in five seconds, and now that's what I'm thinking about. So, that's where we're at in life. Yeah. It's actually longer than usual, so. Ah! <laughs> We're gonna start drinking. I can't do this. It's not a marathon, it's a sprint, y'all. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sure your girlfriend is going to appreciate hearing that. Jesus Christ, Well, I guess to be fair, if you set low expectations, she can only be surprised. Exactly. It's how I live my life. And I don't understand why people <laughs> why they don't get about that. You know? I feel I feel, you know. Yeah, I think you'll never be like really disappointed if the expectations are very low. And that's how you know something is so disappointing, right? If it still somehow doesn't meet your very low expectations, like how depressing is that? So that's why you live like me. Like I'm like like oh Dakota, you're always so excited about things, so happy. I'm like yeah, because the fact that I'm awake this morning is a great sign for me. If I get to see somebody, that's terrific. So if someone thinks doesn't meet that, then I'm like yo, that's how you suck for real. Okay, buddy. Well, now that you've had your sensual infomercial intro and... Yeah, I'm trying. I'm going to send that recording to NPR and see if I can be an NPR host. What? With, with the quickest nut in the world? Okay. <laughs> I guarantee I'm not the quickest. I've been trying my best to be the quickest, but I'm not still. I wonder what is the quickest nut? Hold on, let me look this up. We're going to incognito this, though. <laughs> Why? It's your computer. No, this isn't. This is the work one. Oh. Quickest this is going to be like random work emails and then Chorcy, what's the quickest nut? Quickest <laughs> world. World fastest nut is 19 meters per second. Offensive nutting is a possibility. What? Offensive nutting? Uh, offensive nutting. What is this? What did I just look up? Like in a fight? I don't. It's. 
don't what oh god it's reddit okay um okay so any nut is offensive oh any nut is offensive when you do it in public <laughs> wow you said you were going to post it but I didn't think you'd actually do it um one or uh, 19 milliseconds should be a huge compliment I want to meet the woman who can do that to me 19 milliseconds? Yeah. That's like on contact. That's like first touch and then... Can someone wow. set meters per second? What the fuck is happening? I don't know. I don't... 19 meters per second. That's far. Yeah, Was no, that's... speed? Yeah, I guess. I feel Honestly. like I would rip someone open. <laughs> Blow her back out, literally. There's some there's something here that says buffing a nut in ten seconds world record visual and I'm really afraid <laughs> is, the, is the question mark yours or theirs? <laughs> I, no, the question mark is me. I just I don't Okay, Jesse, what are we record. talking about in this episode? Because I, I think everybody led us astray. Oh yeah, right. Sorry. I Oh that I shouldn't have closed that laptop. Okay. I don't know. What are we talking about? Um Let's talk about how we feel in our lives right now, where we think we're going, in comparison to where we think we, where we thought we'd be when we were kids. At this point, okay. We're deep. We're going deep today. Don't say that after we just Read talked deep. about nutting. Deep nutting today. You're so Back nice. walls. Um. I don't know. Uh, edit that out. Cut that out. Yeah, edit a lot of that out. Leave um, it all in. Every piece of it. Leave it all. All in. right. We're leading this conversation. We're nutting in, and then we're going. We're leading here. So, I think I mean mixed back. I think mm-hmm. a part of me thinks younger me would think it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like you know, I have a job. I'm probably ish. You know, play video games, drink, have a lot of friends, girlfriend, you know, cool stuff like that. But also, I know a big part of my, of youth me, I'll also be concerned of like, you know, what kind of happened to our plans and stuff. Not necessarily a bad place. I think if they knew like, oh, it's a pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs. They'd be like, okay, but, you know, why are you still doing this or the other things? So I think it'd be a mixed bag of whether young me would think I was cool or not. I think mm. it would definitely make sense that I had depression. But um, that was a joke. But I didn't really set up as a joke. Um, <laughs> no, I think it'd be very interesting um, to see what a uh, child... Dakota thought of the current situation where we are in life. That's fair. I don't... I... Hmm. I just had somewhat of, like, this conversation with one of my close friends, Maxon, recently. Um, I was talking to him about the fact that I am... I look back on who I was in college. So not too far back, but just who I was in college those four and a half years and for the most part I'm pretty embarrassed with the person I was 
um, I it's so weird because I thought I was strong when I was in college. You know, I thought after um, after rolling and passing away, it was like don't get me wrong, I I did a lot of maturing after that happened um, because I felt like I lost the one person I could depend on a hundred percent. And so once my brain had kind of went into a defense mode of not having that a one day one anymore, I decided I was going to protect myself. So there was, there really wasn't another person that I really opened up to quite to that level. Um, but I didn't realize just how mentally unhealthy I was. Uh, not just for myself, but even trying to be in relationships with other people. I didn't realize just how unhealthy some of my habits were. Um, and that's got it, it's tough even for me to talk about. It's tough to kind of recognize and be honest and saying that I, I thought I could be proud of the person I was in college. I look back on who I am now and I'm very proud of where I've come. And realize I had to hit that point in college in order to get to where I am. But honestly, like in college, I wasn't taking care of myself physically. I wasn't taking care of myself mentally, emotionally. I I was floating. I was surviving. But I don't... I, I was never really thriving in college. Even when things seemed like they were going okay, they never really were. Um... And I was very codependent, very codependent, and didn't know that, and really don't like that. And it it took the separation of my ex and I to figure out just how bad that was. I mean, by the end of that relationship, he had me convinced that I, I would amount to nothing if I wasn't with him. There was no way I was going to reach anything that I wanted to do in life if we weren't together. And that all of the dreams and goals that I had were just dumb. They were stupid. There was, there was no truth or possibility I could reach any of those goals. And they would, they would, in the long run, it would hurt me financially. It would hurt me emotionally. And I'd never have a good relationship because of it. And being the first serious relationship I was ever in, I essentially got rid of a lot of those dreams and goals. I kind of forgot I even had them to begin with just to make that work because I finally found someone who loved me, who who I thought cared about me. You know, I, I could possibly see myself getting married to this person. And I look back now, I was like, you little bitch! Like, you <laughs> stupid little pussy! You really gave up so much for someone who... Didn't even recognize the importance of celebrating your birthday and would not treat you or show you the respect that you deserved. And you thought you had to settle for that? Like, did you forget who the fuck you are? You're a Chorsey, for God's sake. How could... Like, I look back and I'm like, I, I don't know that man. That was not a man. Like, that that was not a man. And I mean, it's a part of the experience, it's part of growing up, it's part of figuring out relationships, and, you know, I I don't want to say I'm happy it happened, but I'm happy to get to where I am because it happened. Yeah, I think that last part is 
really key. Because um, college definitely had its highs, but like definitely definitely had its lows. Especially this last like, you know, twenty twenty, a lot of a lot of growing that I necessarily didn't want to have to do. You know, this time in last year, I was probably in the best like shape I was in. I was like, you know what, like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do what I want. I'm gonna low key be a thought because I never was before. I was like, you know what, I want to try it out. I want to see what happens. And then as soon as I made that decision, uh, the world shut down. And I think I talked about that before. Yeah. But um. God said no. Yeah, God said no. Definitely there's a lot of growing that had happened. Like, back in college, like, it's, I wouldn't want to redo it because I want to be the same person I am today. And I think I'm a better, because of the amount of times I feel like I've hit, like, an emotional or, like, existential rock bottom. I had to rebuild myself over the past five years. Um, starting college. I have a better idea of what like, I truly want to do. And without those significant lows, I, you know, wouldn't be here. I'd probably be stuck in a job I didn't like. I'd probably be stuck with someone I didn't like. Um, so I think I, I definitely wish I would have made, like, I would have had more fun in college. Um, but it is what it is. I'd have some bad years. Um, actually saying that about, uh, being stuck with someone like do you remember how i introduced you to an ex three times and neither of us <laughs> oh when you said it that was the name that popped in my head and i still i don't i, I, I still think she's have lying. no collection I, there's no way like i know i knew she visited a bunch but there's no way you met her more than once like i genuinely think that she heard so much about me that she felt like we had met before. No. And maybe she had seen me. Like, maybe she had actually seen me but never spoke to me. Because I've had that experience in high school. Where people were like, yeah, we met. And it's like, okay, just because you Did looked at me doing something. Yeah. Or even if I looked at your direction, recognize I have a lazy eye. Okay? So just because I looked at you don't mean shit. Because I probably wasn't even looking at you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know when she would have met you. She didn't. She, I don't she's think she's But I think that's funny that we both like had this. <laughs> I, um, when she said it, was like, this bitch, what? No. I was like, what are you talking about? You've never <laughs> met him in your life. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, no. the, that's what she would want to happen because the other response is, we have actually met and that's how good of an impression you left on me. Not that I remember you were that's even bad, that I don't remember you at all. That's that's honestly worse. Like you better hope that you made this up and that you're in the wrong and not us. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but just like I think I, it's very easy for me to get complacent, and like if I don't have a clear vision where it's going. So it's like, I think the biggest decision I really made for myself was like committing to theater, my junior college. And that's really when things really turned around. I was like, all right, I'm committing to theater. I'm not doing these other things. Like, I really like this. I like producing plays. I like writing. I like acting. Um, and because I love, I've always loved sharing stories. I've always loved telling stories. It's whole reason I like being on this podcast. Because I like, even if they're not really about me, just like being able to tell stories and share stuff. Like, my favorite thing to do is make up fun facts to people. And then get them to believe it. And as soon as they believe it, go. No, I'm just kidding. 
like waste all that time. Like I can't. It got to the point where if I just like go up to like Jazz and I go like, "Did you know?" She just won't. She won't answer. She won't engage in the conversation, and she'll instantly get defensive. And she's probably mad right now, listening as this episode goes, because she felt that and she knew what I was about to say. Because I do it all the time. It's hilarious to me. Um, but I always love sharing stories. So I love about the theater. I love going to theater. I don't really watch TV or movies like that because I think there's something different about like you know being there in person. Same. Because um, you know, as an actor, you actually get to feel that laughter. You get to like make somebody cry and make somebody laugh. It's terrific. Be able to produce and be able to see like, like the producing side, like somebody's piece go well and seeing the direct the director or writer like light up when people are laughing at the jokes they put in there. It's a wonderful feeling. Everyone loves sharing stories. It's literally the oldest art form. There's people sitting around a campfire. There's a bunch of cavemen just sharing stories of like, oh, today, Uga ate a bear. You know, he's dead, but this funny thing happened. Like, that's day one <laughs> stuff that humans did. Uga ate a bear. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like, I always love sharing stories. So, like, going to theater was, um, you know, the first choice I feel like I really made for myself as an adult. Um, if I didn't have those lows, I'd probably just be some government job or some desk job somewhere and just you know been a statistic if somebody gets like divorced in their late 20s because they didn't actually or worse live together forever and you never really pursue what you want to do you just fell into something that's like that's always my biggest fear is just like settling forever and not actually doing some things like I feel like I'm definitely good enough in the theater world to like be successful in some way even just enough to make a living that's all I'd be uh, it's all I really need to just feel like make ends meet and have fun. I don't really care about being famous so much. I just want to be able to do art. But like to not... I think the worst thing for me in my life would be if I didn't like take that chance. Like it's one thing if I try and I failed. Fine. I get it. At least I gave it a shot. But for me to like not have done it and just let the pieces glide where they fall and then like 20 years down the road like oh what could have been. Like, I think that's what I get scared about of, like, youth me. Like, what happened? Like, you never tried. And yeah. that's why I think, like, RFTC was, like, my, like, most depressing year. Because, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I hate everybody in here. I'm, like, I don't want to be doing this. Like, I'm going to die for America? Are you kidding me? Have you seen this place? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's my biggest thing. So, I think 2020 really helped with that. Uh, a lot of drunken nights alone in my room. We're going to be trapped with your thoughts. Really makes you pretty uh, introspective. Um, so yeah I think I think that's where I am right now in the podcast and the way for me to stay creative as I'm working towards that but yeah so I definitely get you about like looking back in college and being like pissed off at like who you are like where'd this come from like what would we be doing what was we doing yeah. yeah I mean the flip side to it is Right now, I'm transitioning from one job into something that is pretty on point with what I've wanted to do with my life. Um, I I had made the decision when I was in high school, I wanted to major in theater and in dance um, because I knew I wanted to perform in some way, shape, or form. Unfortunately, because of that toxic relationship, I really had lost the biggest passion I had, which has always been game shows. It's always what I've wanted to work on. It has always been what's made me happy. 
I have always known that New York and Broadway wasn't my end goal. It would make me happy to a degree, but for me, my theater degree, and I'm really just not realizing this as I'm saying it, my theater degree was really more of a springboard for me to get into working on game shows. Because uh, typically, the majority of game show hosts have that theatrical and mostly comedic kind of training and background. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that was the major reason. It's because like you need those performance abilities to be able to host a show like that. Um, and that's not to say I don't enjoy doing theater, you know, being in plays and music musicals because I absolutely love them. Um, but I would say in terms of like my overall arcing like ranking of jobs I want to have being an actor is probably about number three um, because I would have to say number two is definitely a pop star <laughs> I believe that <laughs> like I there's something that is just so powerful about holding a microphone and using your voice to entertain people in that in that fashion and I that fascinates me even more than doing theater but top dog has always been game show host it's what i've always wanted to do since i was a kid 15 20 years in the making i it's something i've always loved i've been passionate in and i realized as i kind of went through middle school and high school because of various events kind of forgot about that passion i kind of explored but we kind of dismiss it it's a silly little hobby and was very kind of scared to fully indulge and invest in that commitment of what I wanted to do. Um, You know, got to theater and dealt with a lot of trauma in college in particular and kind of went into this panic mode of focusing on survival versus happiness. Right? The idea that I just needed to make ends meet. I needed something realistic something that could guarantee pay for me um so that i could settle down and have a family right so it became more financially focused and not taking care of my health or well-being um you know and one of the weird things about the job i'm stepping away from right now is that i i fell into this job because when my ex and i separated i was living with my parents and there was very much and I was the statement I'm going to make had nothing to do with pressure I ever got from my parents because that was absolutely not the case but there was this internal pressure I put on myself of feeling as though if I was living in their home I needed to contribute in some way I can't just live at home and do nothing right it was never an expectation for my parents for me to pay rent or do anything like that and I never did while I lived with them but the idea of me just being at home and eating their food and not doing anything, not contributing, tore me apart. And at least it was helpful because at the time I was working at the theater company while I was dating my ex. So I was kind of mostly living with him while that was happening. But within that month, I lost my job and my partner. So it truly felt like my entire world shattered and everything I knew to be real and to be stable had kind of just 
fall apart in such a quick moment. Both of which were truly out of my control, but it still left me feeling very empty. It left me feeling as though I did not have control of my own life and I had invested so much time and energy into the wrong people. So what do I do now? Because I've I spent years working on my relationship and that job, to be honest. Both of them. So what do yeah. I do? I have no one else to lean back on, nowhere else to go. And the only thing I really knew, honestly, at the time, was that I enjoyed the previous escape room that I worked at. This company was hiring, so I was like, well, it'll at least give me something to do. It's sort of kind of creative and entertaining and performative. And at the base level job, it very much is performative and exciting. The issue, I think, ultimately, was that unfortunately, I ranked up too high too quickly. Mm. So yeah. as a result, I I lost that performance aspect. Because once you get into upper management, right, I became an assistant manager, and now I'm the manager of the location, I... I, I miss performing. You know, like, there are moments where I get to make people happy and perform at the job that's that I'm stepping like away from. That's customer service but yeah, versus, that's exactly like, what actual, it is. like, art, I guess, yeah. And so it's like, I, I miss my soul. I remember uh, Beth saying this to me. She was my academic counselor my freshman year. Um, saying something along the lines of, like, you have to make sure you nourish your creative soul. And I remember hearing that. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and now I get it, right? Because that's honestly the reason why I stepped away from the first escape room job, why I stepped away from this one, why I stepped away from like student safety services. Because ultimately, there there comes a point where my heart and my brain finally do agree and are like, you are unhappy because you're not doing what you want to do. You can do this for a while, but if you're not performing, you're not really going to be happy. It took me a while for me to kind of hone and realize what performing actually meant. Like, if someone offered me, like, a, a Broadway contract, right, like, to be on Broadway right now, I'd probably say no. Because as much as, as I love, I love acting, and I enjoy it. New York is not where I want to be. Mm. I don't want to say acting is taking a back burner right now, but to be honest, acting has always been the back burner. It's always been game shows. It has yeah. always been that. And um, now you're like on that path. And right now with the position I, I'm in right now, I get to do that. In the comfort of my own home, meet people from around the world, Like, this is this is where I, I need to be in this moment. And this can give me the opportunities that I want to go to help me move to L.A., to make it to what I want to do. And I know these are all very scary, slim chances. But I believe in myself enough to know that I can do it. And it's the first time I have felt like this probably since middle school. And I, I can't give up on that. And I won't give up on that. And especially with COVID hitting and seeing 
truly just the amount of death and loss that I have seen through various different channels. I I don't know when I'm going to take my last breath. It could be any minute. It could be years down the road from now. But I would much rather live my life every moment doing what I want to do that will make me happy and working towards trying to get to my ultimate goal than settling and being complacent. I don't want to just work a job to make ends meet. That's not who I am. And that's never going to work for me. It'll work for a while, but it will never be what will ultimately make me happy. I have to take this chance. I have to go for it. I'd be stupid yeah. not to. And I, I, some people may be listening and thinking, well, no, you should always take the sure money. You should take the sure thing. You know your bills will be pray, paid. There is no point in living for me personally if I don't take this chance. And I truthfully mean that. There is no reason in me just staying complacent and staying at this previous job. I would just be miserable. Like, I'm not a robot. I'm not, not a machine. No. Like, I gotta do things I actually, you know, genuinely enjoy doing. And I have to agree with you, like, you know, this year realizing, like, it's very real chance. Like, there are many times this year I was like, I could just go to the store, I'm getting groceries, and I could catch it, and that could be it. That could be donezo for me. So, I mean, it kind of, maybe get back to, like, reaching out to friends again, because I definitely was not doing that over the summer. Um, talking to people, getting passed the check, exactly like you're saying. And then, like, because a few times I feel like I just kind of, like, just being observed, like, when I meet my friends, um, just, like, hang out. It's like, all right, I'm not going to say... I was like, you know, I'm not going to say whatever. I'm going to, like, blend in, whatever, and just be chill with the atmosphere. And I'm like, no. I'm going to be unapologetically me now. Like, if y'all thought I was annoying before, I was like, no, I'm going to filter even less. Because at least I'm going to say it. And now, if you guys ever get upset, oh, like, Cody shouldn't say that. Okay, well, what if I just die? I'm going to be dramatic from now on. (laughs) I'm going to say my little jokes. I could be dead. You'd miss my jokes. All right? So, fuck you. Um, Yeah, there's definitely, like, I don't want to live apologetically or safe. Especially if it's something I have confidence in that I could, like, you know, like accomplish. Like, I have the utmost confidence in you. Like, of all... I'm not going to say of all my friends, because I don't want them to get upset. But like, with you now, that you have this... Um, this job, I mean, this is very... I can already see, like, during when you were talking, like, I can see you later having your show on, you know, Game Show, game show Network or... Netflix game shows or wherever, like I can see you having blah blah with Chorsi Gilbert, right? Like a whole show, absolutely audience. I can see that in your future, hundred percent. And when I see them, all my friends, like you know, we're definitely picky people. We don't hang out with whack ass folks. Like that is true. Our friends are talented. Bust their fucking asses. Mm-hmm. Like they're. I will say I, I've been thinking about this for truly months. I don't believe in stand culture, right? I don't like the idea of like idolizing. Don't get me wrong, love Little Mix, love Art and Grande. I will never be a stand of any of celebrities because yeah, they don't. That's not healthy to me personally. But if I stand anyone, it would be our friend group. Yeah, because it's like it's like go best friend, go best friend. I know with our friends, they're gonna like 
they would take us with them, right? It's not like I'm standing a stranger. I'm like, I'm going to, when our friends make, it's like, I'm going to be going to these events with my friends. Like, I know that's like who are people. And same, like when I pick partners, um, big reason, uh, I think most of my breakups were I initiated the breakup is because somebody like lost their ambition wasn't doing much. And I was like, I, is a place where I was moving. I was like, I can't be doing this. I can't be like waiting around for you to figure out what you want to do. You know, one, I'm too young for that to be worried about what you're doing, right? It's not like 28 and we're engaged or something. I was like, we're in our 20s and we're just dating. Adios, amigo. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, and then now being with somebody who's like very ambitious, it's excellent. Like, I'm like, this is what I want. Like, I have somebody like who has real career goals, interest in their career, same with their friends. Like, everyone, everyone has an idea of what they're doing right now which is nice and like you know, say as much as I'm unhappy with my job right now I do remind myself to be grateful because if I would have gotten a if I would have gotten a theater internship like I wanted I'd have lost it last March so I do have to like count those victories that yes I have a job I have an apartment is it everything I wanted to be no is it at least something that can like spring me to where I want to be yes have I gained skills in this job that will probably help me get these other internships and apprenticeships yeah, probably. So I have to count those little victories and not get too much in my own head about it. Yeah. But, but yeah, I'm proud of our friends. And so as much as I dig on them, and I love roasting them, Lord <laughs> knows I love making fun of people, especially our friends. Um, you know, it's, I'm proud of them. I love that. Yeah. And I don't know if we... I don't think we express it enough to each other, to be honest. Like... And for those of you who don't know who our friend group is, like, no joke when I say in our friend group, we have a Yale stage management graduate, an off-Broadway director, a touring Broadway actress. Like, these are people who have connections and resumes, that are nothing to be laughed at at such a young age. Like, we come from all different backgrounds, all walks of life, all different ethnicities. Like, these people... There's an Empedocles quote that I use very, very frequently. Um, The key to success is to surround yourself with those who uplift you, whose presence calls forth your best. And I, I think of this friend group when I think of that quote. Like, I don't, we don't associate with mediocrity. We don't associate with people. And I think that's why, unfortunately, a lot of people in college felt like our friend group may have ostracized them or we were acting like the Heathers. Um, I, the fact of the matter is, I think we're, we're truly just of a different level and how we conduct ourselves and our expectations of how you conduct yourself. Like, being friends with us takes work. Oh, Lord, it does. Our our friends, oh my... I know what you mean, but yes, it does. (laughs) It does. But you you have to be able to hold your own, Mm -hmm. right? And it's not always fun in games. I've had my moments when I've gone off on our friend group and be like, you're fucking up, you shouldn't be doing this had those late nights where I've driven them home where they thought I was going to drive the car into a wall because I was angry at, I truly don't know. 
I think they made Hannah cry once. They're dramatic. They're dramatic. We all are. Y'all are. No, we all. I'm regular. Y'all. Y'all. Don't let me with you people. This is the point where you rewind back. I think it was seven minutes in the episode. What he just said. He's just going to be overly dramatic now. <laughs> yeah, you just said that in this episode. Edit it out. Edit it out. Edit it out. <laughs> Bitch, I edited it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll do it on my audio. No, I don't know what I'm doing. If you can dig through, we're at 37 minutes right now. I'm not digging through that much audio. Um, yeah. No, really, I, I definitely I definitely agree. Um, and there are definitely times people would come up to me after you all graduate, like, oh, why didn't so-and-so like me? It's like, they they didn't not like you. They got all these time to talk to you. Like, they didn't really know you. Like, people would be busy. I think... Yeah, I think this is like kind of more general. A lot of people, I won't say people are too sensitive, but I think we definitely get worried about what other people think. And knowing our friend group, our, we're just really, I won't say selfish, but like it was a college who were focused on their careers. These yeah. people have fun. And people were, I know for a fact our friends were still very nice to people that would talk to them. Like no one was ever really outwardly mean. It was just they were focused on their own career and they had different priorities and different goals. Um, and same with my friends here in Nork, like my teacher friends and fellow friends, like friends with great teachers, great fellows, like it's not they didn't give you the time of day, like, and they were like lovely and very helpful with you with the scholars. Like if you have trouble with a kid, like here's some things I have done with, with like similar students, like they really work with you. People are just busy and have their own lives and you can't expect everyone to be overly nice to you and really like pay attention to every little detail of your needs if you don't, you know, bring that forward and let them know, like, hey, I have these questions or I want to talk to you, I want to be your friend. If you want to do that, talk to somebody. I'm sure we definitely would have welcomed other people in, but people got too nervous. I don't bite unless you ask. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, you know, I think we definitely would have let more people in, but people just, like, wouldn't want to. I I think there was a weird jealousy thing that happened with one person in particular who wanted What's to be, to be jealous group? of. All of our friends are weird. I now I know what we're talking about. Yeah, I I think one thing you can't do though in our friend group is you can't fake or force bonds. Like it's it's a genuine thing that happens, and a lot of it is because of the hard work that we put into each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I said, being I love our friend group. We're not the easiest people to be friends with. Oh, even within the group, yeah. Like, we're not. We, we are work in and of itself. And if you try to balance a relationship on top of that, it becomes even more complicated. <laughs> Especially since, like, because we've talked about before, like, I move around all the time, so I'm so used to, like, making new friends. There's many times I've kept myself, like, oh, I've been talking to the group in a lot because I've been doing my... Because, like, there'll be drama starting, and I'm like, I don't want to be a part of this. And then I kind of just, like, three weeks later for a few months for a few <laughs> weeks and then pop back in like someone invites me to game night and I come back like nothing happened because nothing did happen I just didn't want to be a part of what was happening nothing happened for me on my end I was good but the best part but. is also that we can I mean especially because I am truly in a different part of the country than the rest of you all are yeah there are those moments we come, like Saturday in particular is where I felt it the strongest there are those moments where we can come together and it's like nothing was missed. Mm-hmm. We just snapped back into it. And I 
I like it's a, I texted you. I don't know if I've smiled or have laughed as hard in the entire time I've lived in Indiana than I did Saturday night. Like that truly felt like I I was going into the position I wanted to do. The the game itself went well, but also just seeing seeing all of you. All of you and everyone was happy, was smiling. Like it was just such such a beautiful moment for me. And I was like, I am so glad that I I have this group of friends. Like I appreciate all of you in this moment. It was so, so good. Yeah. I'm really grateful for last weekend. It was like a great like three days with my birthday. Like Thursday I played games with uh, Victoria and my sisters. Friday, Victoria knew a jazz, my roommate. And Saturday was the whole group. And it was just so much fun. We like three days of back to back to back of just like with all the people that I love so much in the world. And yeah. Like you said, like Saturday, I'll just like I don't remember the last time we were all together like that. Even like for a game night, probably like since the summer, maybe? Everybody? Mm. All seven of us? Yeah, maybe. Like probably just like since the summer. And I think early summer at that. And the fact that we all just like jump right back into it. Um everyone was nice enough to like bring Vic into the fold as well. It was just it was just like I love our group. Yeah. I, I think I think what's important is that everybody tries. I think you have friend groups where people like just don't try to deal with each other. And I think mm-hmm. something we acknowledge like if someone isn't talking, it's not that they've forgotten us or give up on the group. It's just we know, like you said, like people are busy. Yeah, no they grinded trying to get their dream. Yeah. Like no one ever makes me feel bad for I'm only like an hour and a half away, but like I have my own life over here too. No one's ever made me feel bad for that. I think they're just like we just miss you and like and I get that. It's just I think we know everybody will come back. So there's no there's no worry about like who feels what. Yeah. I we started this episode talking about what you're passionate about. And for me, I think what COVID taught me more than anything is that what I'm very passionate about are my relationships and the people that I'm around. And I I think I'd forgotten that and it, it, it took a pandemic unfortunately to kind of put it in perspective for me. Like my family, my friends, there's no replacement for y'all. This is it. I get one shot, mm-hmm. right? So I I don't agree and it's all just gonna be about work for the rest of my life because y'all matter. All of you matter. Mm-hmm. And so I need to invest time into y'all just like, like I do in my romantic relationships and just I would in my professional relationships. There there needs to be that equal balance. Um, especially because that's what makes me happy. Like, I'm such an extrovert. The idea of just being by myself is truly horrendous, even though I live by myself. <laughs> um those relationships matter as much as the work that I do and that I produce matters. Right. Yeah. So I would say that's, that's a big passion of mine that I'm starting to understand. And especially because the job I'm stepping away from would regularly require me to cancel those plans with the people I care about in order to make others happy, which I guess is a part of customer service. Not, but they were calling um, you for real though at that job, which, only solidified my thinking in 
like I miss Christmas with my family this year. It's the first and pray to God only Christmas I ever miss with my family. Um, I I know it's a COVID situation, a COVID season, and weird things were happening. I made a promise to myself during that shift that I would I would never work any job where I was required to miss that quality time with my family. My parents are all I got, right? I mean, my parents are both n- just now reaching over 50. I'm an only child. Like, my, my parents are it. It's my parents, my grandma. Like, you don't get them back. You get one shot at that relationship. And I have seen way too much death early. Mm-hmm. especially with a lot of my personal classmates and best friends. I don't even want to take that chance of me not being able to spend the time I can with the people I love. No. It just won't happen. So I, I'm i prioritizing my family. I'm prioritizing my, my friends. And it feels good. And this job that I'm, that I'm going to will allow me to do that. But also yeah. do what I love. <laughs> it's yeah. I think now looking at it like the way like you're phrasing yours, like you, you're passionate about like, relationships. You think like, I think the reason I love sharing stories so much is less of like the fact that I'm the one sharing the story, is that like I love like sharing experiences. I like being there. With people. I'm so bad at taking pictures. That's something I need to do. Because, like, in the moment, like, I just want to, I'm happy to be here. Like, I was, like, happy to hang out with other friends. Like, I think I just need a really good, like, photographer, like, friend or girlfriend who's always there to take pictures and document. Because I'm so bad at it. Because I'm just, like, always just, like, trying to be in the moment and just have it. And I think, like, some of my most, like, like the most profound memories and, like, those vacation trips I still have um, in my head. Hence all my crazy, wacky stories you guys heard before. But um, the reason I love sharing stories so much and love being in shows because of that, the shared experience of the story. I love like when I'm telling a funny story, like around people's faces and making them laugh, making them feel good. Of like letting them like be part of the joke, like laugh along with my pain. Like, oh wow, it's a good to walk around a week with a broken arm. It's funny. It's like the imagery is hilarious. I love people's different takes on it. I love like sharing that bond with people and like, open myself up and people know me and then being there for other people's experiences like helping somebody like produce a show they wrote and they get to like have all that love and joy it has a little selfish makes me feel good I love making people feel good right I think those just a shared experience is very human and I think that's what I love so much that's why I love writing and like creating those like very human experiences and like actually having real people act those out it's like you know, like I said in that gaming episode, like, you know, when you're acting, still part of just acting, the part that's not definitely feels real. And then once the show's, once that scene's over, you're with the people, and you're like, wow, we're really acting for a living? That's amazing. You know how cool that is? Like, you just, like, tell stories for a job and get paid for it and have fun with your best friends. Like, even though we were never on stage together, like, you and I, like, being the SM teams on shows, it's always so much fun. Like just the idea of like 
and just like shared human experiences with what I love so much. And it's what I like teaching too. Um, just like hang out with the kids and like, well, more in the classroom where we like have funny stories and talk to them and make jokes. It's just something very pure about those kind of bonds you create through the shared experience. I think yeah. that's how this podcast was born, to be honest, right? Yeah. Like we, we've always been close, and we have some wild ways of telling stories with some colorful language. Uh, <laughs> and I think ultimately, I think you and I agree on a very personal level, we love to make other people happy. We We love that, that look on their face where it's like for that split second everything was okay everything was all right mm-hmm. um you know I, I think that's how keep it 100 kind of came to be i mean the title of keep it 100 is based off of a story you told me about <laughs> i really just be throwing myself under the bus with these dumb jokes <laughs> Like and I, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember the wording exactly. But the the concept is basically, um, you were talking about if a girl is giving you a head and she's willing to like not be able to breathe to give you a head, hundred percent. Like that's how Keep It One Hundred came to be, right? Like because you were being very brutally honest about like that is a want <laughs> in your life, someone who is willing to almost die to suck your dick. Right, like it, it, that, that level of honesty is our friendship. So that's, I guess, this is our origin story of how yeah, people. That's, that's my. I deserve to be in prison, just to, <laughs> just to like shut me up. I'm a menace. But like the the title, it it makes perfect sense with us. Yeah, I, I we were very meticulous with everything we chose from the color scheme, the balled up pieces of paper to showcase we were artists and work and. You know the yeah. black and white yin and yang, right? I it, it it everything about this podcast is us, and mm-hmm. especially with COVID and not being able to perform in a way that we want to. I like the when the first episode was released of this. I remember being at work and the pure panic I had <laughs> because it felt like. You know those opening night jitters? That excitement yeah. of like, the show's going to open? So it's that amplified. Because, and you get this as an actor, to a certain degree, you can only control what you do. You can't control other actors. You can't control lights or sound, stage management, right? Even the script itself. You can only work with what you're given. Yeah. The beautiful, scary part about what you and I do it's just us. It's our names. It's our work. It's our stories. But there's no one else to hide behind. If people don't like the content, we can't say blame the writers. It's just us. Coming off the dome. We start every episode. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about? <laughs> you know, they don't like the way it sounds. Well, it's, it's truly, it is just us. That's why our name is in the title. Yeah. Like, the, there is no other. You and I are what makes this happen. So it's it's thinking about all of that stuff. You know, there was an interview when 
I'm going to revert back to my love of Kelly Rowland. There's an interview when she released her Miss Kelly album, and she's performing like this on Good Morning America, I want to say. Um, and she's talking about releasing her first solo album after leaving Destiny's Child. And she's talking about, you know, I it's still just as much fun as it was recording with the girls. But, of course, now that I'm solo, there's a little bit more pressure. You think about every small little detail that you could rely on the other girls with before. And it, it's it's that same thing here. Mm-hmm. The only comfort in doing this is that I have you to do this with. And there's yeah. no one else I could do this with. I'm glad we video called during this because, like, there's no way I could just do this just staring at my screen watching the audio. It would be the same. No. We'd beat off each other and... I could have to do my stupid ass little infomercial start. Like, I had to look at you and then to stop looking at you and then go back. <laughs> yeah, like, there's, there's honestly nobody else I could do this with. There's so many things that, like, I couldn't do with another person. Like, I know we talk about, like, if we were on a game show, like, um, like once on Netflix, like, The Floor is Lava. Is there ever a game show where it requires three people and is The Floor is Lava style where somebody could get eliminated? The way Choice and I would start. Was the third person? This could be like my wife. This could be like Chorsey's partner. This could be like God. We would push that third person into the lava and then be like, "All right, how are we handling this?" Yep. Because we know we're like faster as a duo. Like, Just, you gotta get rid of the dead weight. I don't know. Like, yeah, I've never really had this like consistent. You know, just always on the same, like, page kind of chemistry with somebody else. Like, there's different chemistry you have, like, with partners. Like, yeah. just, like, best friend style. Like, I've been, I don't think I've ever had, like, this perfect, like... We could be in a room and something would happen. You know, we like, look at each other and just be like... <laughs> no, just, like, we like, have whole conversations with facial expressions. It's then honestly get in the car great. And then go exactly where we said we are going to do. Like, it's different. It, it, it really is. I... If you ain't ever felt it, I I'm sorry because it's unlike anything else in this yeah. But also, yes, absolutely. Like if there's ever a three person game show, we we will kick your ass out. It's 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 not that we don't like you, we love you. It's just that we don't respect you. <laughs> it's just that you'll get in our way. You're gonna be a problem. You know, you will be a problem because the moment you question either of us. We're both going to tell you to shut the fuck up. We're like, what are you... Stop. Like, you're wasting our time. Like, we do 12-person escape rooms, just the two of us. And we get out. And get out. Like... Yeah, we also cocky. So, like... (laughs) We also cocky. Because that's the thing. The moment we start losing, we gonna blame you. Yeah. Like, we're like, we know it's not us. Because everything was fine as a duo. Until you came along. So you... Damn it. You know what? You cut. Cut. (laughs) I feel like we're cocky enough. We could go to, like, a science lab. Like, are you going to make this? We're like, okay, we'll figure it out. And you can have a real scientist with us. And if, and if we start messing up, like, this probably something you told us. Yeah, shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sit over there. And we blow ourselves up doing something. Four-eye-looking motherfucker. <laughs> Nerd alert. Look at this guy. <laughs> when you isotope some bitches, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was going to say something. Though, don't ask comments. Scoot me up. Why don't you uh, isotypes and bitches? Oh <laughs> my god! Yeah, it's just oh us two together is just something else. I remember um, the first time. It's honestly like when we really started like getting like close, close. 
uh, like the beginning of it, like we went grocery shopping with Jasmine. <laughs> oh, she was gonna kill us. Oh, she was gonna murder us. <laughs> that was so funny. Speak. I I felt like that was the first time I got the I'm disappointed in you from her specifically because I think she expected it from you. She didn't expect Everyone me to compound it, it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the first time like it ever because I've I never had that chaotic energy to feed off of before. I really haven't. That's all I am, baby. And it was just like, oh man. Oh, he's fun. Okay, cool. And I don't know why, but we got in that damn supermarket. <laughs> we were wildin'. Acting a fool. All ass adults. Uh, like, I was hitting on the butcher at one point, trying to get his meat. I... <laughs> we were knocking stuff over. Oh, man. I, we, were, we were being a problem. Like, I love that people see us individually. Like, when we don't even know the other person, you and I can be very professional, respectful. Like, people don't expect it. And then a little bit with me, they'll be like, okay, that just cracks a lot of jokes. Then with you, like, yeah, he cracks a lot of jokes, but everyone thinks you're very sweet. Then us together is just horrible. I. <laughs> I, it is I cannot beautiful. believe we haven't been fired from jobs. But, like, when we start working, we're on it. Like, I still don't understand that a little bit. Like, I know you and I's, like, work ethics. Like, when it's time to work, we do work. Yeah. But as soon as that, as soon as work is done, I think people do not realize who we are together. <laughs> I, I still think certain bosses of ours think that we were very sweet, up, upright, like, very innocent type of employees. And if only they knew what actually... Because I think is we treat it like a light switch. When we're on, we are 100% on. And we, yeah. we have it together. I'm here to do my job. But if you give me even half of an inch... There's no dimmer. There's possibly no dimmer. maybe off. That bitch is slammed off, ripped out the wall. I ain't doing work, yeah. Like, I don't have... There's no dimming function. You either get me to do work or I hang out and talk like I do on this show. I, that Christian story is probably the most perfect example. Oh, I love that story. Like, or honestly, the honkies. Like, you, in that moment, it's like, you know, I'm here. I'm here. Like, I was still on, and I didn't realize you had turned off. That was the issue. <laughs> because I knew you were in front of people. I just didn't realize you were, like, yeah. somewhere you could be quiet. So I was still in work mode. There were still children near-ish me. Oh, no, there were full-on guests, like, adults and children near me. Uh, I don't care about them. Now, that's why I did it, because I was like, I think it's funny, and I am my target audience. <laughs> yes. That should be the new tagline for the show. I am my, I target. Am my target audience. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. <sighs> I'm, I feel like we have nothing else to say. That is I, a good conclusion no? to this episode. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Thank you for talking to me about your passions, Chorcy. I feel very loved. And again, no one else I'd rather do this with. Absolutely, my man. Thank you for sure. I, I know this can be terrifying to tell the stories we have to tell to literally the entire world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing and just being open and just being yourself, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Just happy to be here, man. Yeah. And thank you, audience for listening and if you made it this far after my incredible intro i might add really appreciate you and we definitely definitely love the fact you've been listening this long um again i know we keep club 
plugging it, not clubbing it. Um, we be clubbing. We be clubbing. Oh, I can't wait till bars be open again. I know we keep plugging it, but if you like what you heard, or even if you didn't like what you uh, you heard, please subscribe to our Patreons. You know, we have different packages set up for different um, stimmy checks that you may or may not get. You can supply us with. Uh, we'd love your support and keep this going. Get better equipment. Quit our day jobs. Not Chorsey. Chorsey's got the best job lined up, as you guys heard. Um, but for real, keep listening. Thank you all so, so, so much. And don't forget to keep 100. Cue music. <laughs>